You're listening to a Military Life Media podcast. Hi, I'm Beck Rayner and this is the Military Life Podcast, a podcast that celebrates, empowers, supports, informs and embraces the spouses beside the military members by building connections, acknowledging our strength, focusing on self-care and our mental health. Let's do this together. There's everyday life, then there's a life in defence. There's nothing else quite like it. And for me, there's no other bank that understands this the way Defence Bank does. With products and services tailored for ADF members and defence spouses, 30 on-base branches across Australia and an award-winning banking app, they just get defence. But don't take my word for it. Others agree, in fact, they were recently awarded Defence Services Bank of the Year by We Money, a unique bank for a life like no other. Visit defencebank.com.au today to find out more. This week on the podcast, enjoy listening to some real talk from a handful of defence partners who have previously detailed their spouse journey with us on past episodes. This episode is all about what it's really like to become a defence partner and live defence life. As you'll hear from listening to the stories of defence partners, our experiences are unique, yet have many common threads that run so deep and connect us. So get comfy and enjoy listening to this compilation episode that sheds light on the question, what was it like accessing defence family related support and making spouse friends? My husband often jokes that I know more people in defence than he does. <laughs> and he's like, I'm I'm the one that's in it and you have connected with everyone. But I, I just know I have to. And I'm quite lucky that I am bold and I have a very good talent of making friends as an adult, which not everyone has. And that's because I'm not afraid to look silly. I mean, when you're a professional tarot reader, astrologer and witch on the internet, people are going to think you look silly. So it doesn't bother me at all. And so I take risks with people. Like I met one lovely lady the other week and I was like, hey, you guys are nice. Let's do a family dinner. Your husband, my husband and the kids. A lot of people would struggle to set something like that up with someone they've just met once because they're like, oh, I don't know them. Like it's, we've got to do the get to know you thing. And I'm like, screw it. Where we live close by, you seem nice. Let's do it. You know, let's become friends. And I don't find it hard anymore. It can be. My husband still gets like, how do you do it? I'm like, I don't know, you just do it. And then suddenly you're all friends and all the awkwardness is out of the water because I took it out. <laughs> so, mm. But a lot of people struggle with that. But sometimes being silly is okay. And if someone says, no, I'm not up for that, then cool. That's not your yeah. person. But do you think you're more likely to ask someone you've only met over for dinner because you might be on a time crunch? You don't know whether you might not be in that location for extended amount of time so you kind of have to make friends like ASAP because if I don't then we're going to be out of here and I won't have made any friends yeah and I've I've had the experience with other people so there was you know a few other people that we've been posted with that might have been on course with my husband and you know they were spouses and they've had the opposite idea which was well I'm only here for like nine months why bother and I feel really sad for them because They went through that whole time that I was the only person that knew them and I'd invite them to things, you come on, come on. And they also didn't have kids. So I don't know if that was a factor where they didn't feel included or if they felt awkward or there wasn't that necessity of, you know, 
you want kids to have playdates and make friends as well. That's a big driver as a mother or a father. So I don't know if that played a part, but they just didn't want to connect in, I think, because they knew they were leaving. And I think that's sad because I think there was a lot of missed opportunities and missed support that you can get as well. Like I had, I had amazing support if I was feeling down or if I needed a hand with the kids or, and I used, I used them. Our washing machine got broken by toll. So I was like, um, can I use your washing machine? So I'd be like over at their house, like doing my washing and everything. And I was thankful I had them and I had, you know, 20 other people to choose from. But if something happened to their washing machine and I was away, for example, they wouldn't have had anyone else to talk to or ask of help. That, that wasn't there. So I understand that people have that mentality, but I do think it's detrimental to your experience with defense life. And especially, I mean, nine months is nine months. Like it's a long time to go, yeah. you know, solo and just be in your own thoughts and mm-hmm. feel like you're pretty isolated. But then also you can take that experience of, yeah, oh, it's only nine months. I'm not going to bother. But mm-hmm. then you can also take that into your next posting and think, oh, well, I, I didn't really have a very good time last time and not realize that it's because you didn't reach out or you didn't step out of your comfort zone mm-hmm. or you just kind of thought, what's the point kind of thing. But then you take that into your two-year posting and then, you know, it takes you even longer to connect in. Whereas if you've had that positive experience, you're like, you're more likely to think, oh, okay, well, I'm just as likely to have a positive experience at the next place. So you kind of mm-hmm. go into it with a different kind of attitude and, and feel. And I found that with everyone doing everything online so much more nowadays, like even one of your catch-ups I went to and I was new to location and I didn't know anyone. And then on the catch-up, I met a few people, which is great. And the next thing I know, I go to a DCO coffee catch-up and I meet someone and I was like, I know you. And then they were like, yeah, you were at the military life coffee catch-up. I was like, oh, that's right. And so I was able to meet someone online before getting in location. And then when I got in location, met them again. And it was like an old friend because I already, and it felt like, right, I've got a safety net. I've got that person. I remember the first time I dropped my kids at school and I'd said goodbye and I was like walking to the car and I was like, man, everyone knows everyone. And how am I going to make friends? And maybe I should go and check out our local like defense community place but everything they had on offer was my kids were grown out of that there wasn't stuff I could do so ugh, I didn't I didn't like it at all like uh, I wouldn't want to go back there <laughs> anytime soon please <laughs> the mental load of working out okay well who am I and what do I want to achieve when we're here or what kind of job do I want and what do I do with myself now like physically sitting in the car in the car park and going I don't know where I am or I think I know how to get home I better put that in the sat nav do I call my mom or like he went off to his job and had all these courses to do and all these people to meet and I yeah didn't really did not know what to do with myself kind of like creating jobs at home and looking around the local shops and I mean I did a few things like working out where a good GP would be working out what kind of school sports the kids want to do and trying to work out how to sign them up and then but it's it's hard you got to put yourself out there you got to literally be the weirdo that's like smiling at everyone (laughs) because you want some human contact so yeah it was a pretty rough start I remember yeah not really loving that everyone else has something to do except me so yeah that first term was really hard you know it was probably a really low time a really lonely time once you'd gotten everyone else sorted 
like you said, it's like, well, everyone knows each other. How do I even make friends? Like up until your husband joined defense wouldn't have been something as an adult you would have been thinking about like, oh, I've got to now suddenly make friends and I'm in a new job. And it's like that icky feeling like you said of those first few months of settling in and not knowing where your place is and all, you know, not even knowing how to get home from school. Like these are issues. I think feeling really new and fresh, I was like, ah, this is probably normal. You know, this is this is probably part of the course. I'm sure you'll make friends. Like I've always tried to have a pretty open minded view of life and it was an opportunity for our family so I felt like you just got to kind of maybe grow through it I was actually more searching for things for my kids I was like okay what supports are there for them and what does DMFS have or what does open arms have for my kids and just trying to research that sort of stuff because I'd rather catch them before they fell so I was hoping that I could have those sorts of things ready to go if I needed them but our school has an amazing defense mentor so I knew that if I needed to I could approach her about that this particular time he's been away has taught me that I actually need to seriously source some really good babysitters. It's me learning to have some self-awareness and go, what do I need? How am I going to get it? How do I continue to sow into my own community as an adult? So any invitation, I'm just trying to like say, yep, we'd love to come. Yep, we'd love to come. So we can be social and get ourselves out because it's super easy to have multiple weekends at home where you really haven't done anything except keep the house alive or default to whatever your veg out state is, which is absolutely fine. But if you look back over a couple of weekends and you've done it in a row for me, I'm like, okay, maybe you need to get out there and be brave again. And being brave is, is exhausting. Like being brave and making new friends and being the solo parent at a function or another birthday party. You know, I think if I pause and think about it too long for me, I'm like, I don't want to do that anymore. So yeah, I need a good, good set of babysitters. That's what's lacking here. So that is definitely something I have to put into place next time or for the next like two-ish months. Have you made use of any spouse support? Have you connected in with any like community events or defence community house or anything spouse defence related? Yeah, different things at different times. When we were in the US, we were in a location that didn't have a base. Our closest sort of base was an hour and a half away and obviously that's a, a US base. And so then when we came back to Melbourne, I got onto like the DCO email list and I went along to some coffee mornings. And at that point, it was sort of a challenge for me to do that, to really go, okay, I'm going to just step out there and, and rock up to these, you know, look for the orange bag on the table and, and randomly introduce myself to some strangers. But it was helpful to, number one, just get me out of the house and sort of encourage me to go to different locations around um, where I was living and have someone to talk to, which was really good. And then we moved back here and there's a, a community centre on the base. Um, and so they run some playgroups and, and different things for kids of different ages. So we've gone along to one of the playgroups. When we moved to Melbourne, we also went to like the welcome day that they had at the start of the year, which was kind of good fun. Um, and that was a really good thing because there was lots of the different kind of organisations have their little stands set up and you can have a chat to different people and get information on some of the different services and, and what's out there. It's really hard, I think, because sometimes you kind of have to go looking for that information. And it's one of those situations where often you don't know what you need until you need it. And then you're in the process of how do I find it? And it can be a little bit overwhelming and, and a little bit challenging at times to connect in with exactly what you need. And I guess that's similar as well to, to having, you know, a spouse network or other defence partners that you are kind of friends with or have connected with. 
you don't actually sometimes know that you need that connection or how important, I guess, having other people who get it around you is until you find it. And then you think, oh, wow, yeah, that actually adds something or, you know, I was missing something in my life because I couldn't fully connect with someone. Family and friends with the best of intentions can, you know, support you and relate to what you're going through. But there's nothing like an, another defense partner who's actually lived it and gets it when you say this or, you know, when you mention needing to find work in another location or whatever the case may be. Did you place any in sort of what sort of importance did you place on having other defense partners around you or at what stage did you find you had a good spouse network? It takes a little while, I think, sort of as I was saying before, when we got together, I, I didn't feel like I needed that because I was already somewhere that I felt comfortable and, and had a lot of support and, and a big network. When we went to the US, there's an overlap um, because of the way the academic year runs and, and the length of the study that they do. So there was already a, a um, defence member there and I met his partner who he'd actually met over there. So we spent some time together and then it's a follow-on posting. So they do the study and then they move into a specific position. So when we came back to Australia and we were in location with them and so we were able to connect and spend time with them, which was really great. And and sort of through them met a few other people as well. But like that was sort of a challenging situation in being away. Um, And what I found is when we were in the US, we obviously had someone coming over after us and and overlapping with them. Um, And so I actually... One of the things I did was I worked on a document. I was like, okay, this is the address of the social security office we went to. And and these are the things that I bought like out of my kitchen. And this is the stuff that I really wished I'd bought over with me. Um, and, you know, so I tried to send that on to them and, and sort of hopefully help their transition be easier. Um, and then when they came back to Australia, we kind of all caught up and, and because sort of the person ahead of us, us, and then the person behind us, the, the boys were all working together in the office. So we did actually have some time where we would, you know, have coffees and dinners and, and catch-ups and things, which was really good. But I was lucky in that when I was in Melbourne, the church we we went to and started attending, there was a, a defence um, family there. And through them, I met some of the more local people that were close by to to where we were living and, and was actually able to make some connections. A lot of things were learnt on the way. When certain situations came up, he's like, right, we've got an answer for this. This is what we need to do next, or this is who you need to contact. This is where we go from here. There was a family open night at the start of the year where they sort of told us the plans for our guys, what they were doing. There was a few shocks to the system um, because obviously confidentiality, nothing could be said. I had a little bit of a moment and Quinn was a little bit worried about what was happening. But other than that, DMFS were there. They had a stall, the support network groups, the catch-ups as well. They were all there just explaining what services they have and what they can offer. Definitely an overload of information that night, but it definitely was helpful for scenarios when they're needed. Yeah, that's so amazing. It was almost like the information package you wish you got. Yeah, definitely. A year and a half ago. <laughs> yeah, and that's amazing that the base had an information night and had everyone come and give you that information. Absolutely, it definitely helped. 
We integrated with the wider military community. Most of our friends were actually American military and actual local Hawaiians. We didn't live on base, so we rented a house and we were lucky our landlord lived across the road. So basically the whole street was like one big family and they were all Hawaiian. So my daughter went, my kids went to the local school. They didn't go to the on-base school, but their sense of community is a lot different. They treat their military families very well. Like if my husband wore his uniform to pick Brody up from school, the little kids would just come running up to him and saying, thank you for your service, Mr. Brody's dad. Um, they're very respectful. They have what they call a family readiness group for every unit. And it's basically a group run by the spouses. And they just, like someone had surgery, so they organise a meal train. So everyone would take over a meal every night for them. I had my appendix out within two hours. My husband had about five different meals sitting on the kitchen table. So it was, it's very, very different because I don't know if it's maybe a privacy thing in Australia that we're not allowed to give out information but over there you actually are allowed to know what's happening like if people say hey my wife's in hospital having a baby well then you're allowed to contact them and say hey what do you need type thing so it's a lot I feel it's a lot better in that sense I do I did like that a lot more having that extra family that was just there it was literally like an extended family and especially being so far from home as well it's amazing to know that you had that support so I guess speaking about spouse support do you make use of any spouse support in Australia and on your various postings around Australia? Your coffee mornings have been the best. I wish I'd have known about them earlier. We have contacted different companies before to have help. Uh, when I had my son, we did contact one so that because my husband, we had him early. He was born early and it was an emergency. But because it wasn't an emergency cesarean, I got no assistance at all. So I literally drove the kids to school, drove to the hospital, had the baby. I couldn't even talk to Shane because he was working and he was the only one doing his job. So I was talking to his CEO while I was in labor. So that was pretty hard. That was really, really hard because I didn't know where my children were going to go that night while I was in hospital. I had literally no one. Luckily, my mum surprised me by coming up after the baby was born and she came in and got the keys and drove the kids home <laughs> and then came back the next day and got me. But um, yeah, I just, so I, I tend to not ask so much now for support for big things. We've had help with um, like recently the um, housing. We were able to get our rent ceiling increased, but the information was not given to us directly by who it needed to be. We had to go in a roundabout way to get the information to get the help. Um, I think that a lot more direct information could be given to spouses and families. And so I guess at what stage did you feel you started to have a good spouse friend network? Obviously you had that great community overseas, but um, talking about support over here, you've mentioned that you come to the catch-ups online. They have only been going for a year. Before that, were you able to find a good spouse friend network um mainly from the ships so most of my friends are from like their partners work with shane on the ship and we've met through our husbands and then we're still friends and we still some of them have even their partners have discharged but we still support each other you mentioned reaching out for that support through the cottage and you know through a defense group there was that hesitation because of your anxiety about feeling like you might not be accepted and what will they think of me if they'll have a, they might have a click already i might not be able to i might be the odd one out it got to the point where luckily your partner as well helped you with that you sort of pushed through it because you were at that not breaking point but at that point where well i can't keep going the way i'm going 
but the way forward is kind of uncomfortable as well. Which one do I want sort of thing? But you sort of push through it to try connecting with people and, and try that way. So at least you could, I guess, say, well, I've tried it and it didn't work for me or it was a happy ending and it did work for me. Yeah, and I'm still really good friends with the people who haven't been posted away. And I'm still friends with people who have posted away too. But it was kind of funny within two weeks. I said, oh, you know, I said to the coordinator, can I put you down as my emergency contact for the new school? And that wasn't even met with like any sort of peculiarity. It was just straight up, yeah, sure, no worries. Here's my mobile number. Call me if you ever need anything. And that's the type of people that you make friends with at the cottage is you know, the ones who might not know your kids or know where you live, but they'll find out and they'll be there when you've had to do an emergency run up to the hospital or broken an arm or twisted an ankle. Like that's the kind of support that I didn't realise was out there if you just put yourself out there a little bit. What would your experience have been for those few years beforehand if you had connected with other spouses and not felt so isolated? I would have been like, oh, you're going for another couple of weeks. Sure, no worries. I'll see you when I see you. Have fun. You know, or, or bring me back a mug from Guam or something, you know? Like it would have just been so much easier because I wouldn't have been watching the clock every day going, okay, there's only three more hours until he clocks off. There's only a 20-minute, half-hour drive from work. Like counting down the minutes wouldn't have been a thing. My thing is if you don't have any kids, still go to a cottage, still go to your local thing on the barracks and just say hello, join a craft day. Who cares if you can't draw, sew, paint, whatever. Some of the best chats I've had was on Friday craft session with my kids being looked after in the other room. And I haven't done a single thing except drink coffee. I had biscuits and just talked the whole Friday. We talk about sex, relationships, religion, politics, all these deep and meaningful conversations that I haven't had with someone else, you know, for six months because they're away. You know, that's happening on a Friday and yeah. it's life changing. It's great. Like we do the hard stuff together and, you know, the easy stuff like, oh, I won you know, $50 in a scratcher this morning, what am I going to do with it to, uh, I have to organize a funeral. What do I do? Or I can't do it today. Can someone please help me cook dinner tonight? I just can't cope. So there's yeah. that rainbow of the really good stuff. the really hard. I so hope you were able to relate or take something away from today's episode. There are definite ups and downs to military life, but let's get the conversation happening so we can see that we are all in this together. We are all just doing our best. So until next week, you got this. Let's do this together one day at a time. Thank you so much for tuning in. If this episode has touched you, helped you, or given you that extra confidence to keep going, to continue to hold down the home front, to continue to do all the things, I would so appreciate it if you could pop into Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the podcast and leave a review, a comment about what you would like to hear more of, or just some encouraging words. If you want to suggest a guest, I am always looking for new people to talk to. You can do that by jumping over to the website www.militarylife.com.au and clicking on our podcast page. I would love to hear from you. 